When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Um, want to remind everyone to go download, read, and subscribe to the 415ers podcast. Five stars are appreciated. Uh, Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy with you as always. You can find our, our social uh, at 415ers coming at you three times a week. Okay, it, it sounds weird, but we've gotten to this portion in the episode without really having referenced, um, <laughs> I mean, arguably one of the most dominant parts of, of this game. And that was, that was the defense. Uh, the 49ers were, were simply put great again. Uh, in second half, they did not allow a single point to the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, they didn't allow a point really uh, throughout the last basically three quarters of that game. This was a defense that allowed 10 points on the first five drives, 186 yards. It looked like the Cardinals were kind of moving the ball pretty easily down the field with Colt McCoy at quarterback. I think a lot of it had to do with how good DeAndre Hopkins was on the outside for the Cardinals. But then, you know, maybe it's D'Amico Ryan's making an adjustment. Maybe it's, I've heard Fred Warner in past games, along with other defensive members, basically say like, we run the same defense, the majority of the game with some small iterations. They'll dial up the blitz occasionally, but it's basically, we trust that our process on defense is going to be good enough to beat you down, to outmuscle you to the point where in second halves of games, you are bruised, battered, and tired because the Arizona Cardinals gained 76 yards on the next four possessions after the first five. I know they kind of have a garbage time, 50-yard drive uh, that ended in the 49er second interception, but the defense total tonight was, simply put, great. I mean, eight, uh, nine tackles for losses. Uh, eight quarterback hits along with three sacks. They, as much as you talk about pitching a perfect game on offense, which they certainly did, especially when the, the pressure is concerned, but on defense for now a third straight game, they've been perfect in a second half of a game. And it's almost like we just come to expect this Mark because of how, how, how much of a, a switch that they can turn on from, all right, the floodgates are open. You can get what you want early. But as soon as we figure out what you want to do, the wall shuts down. We pull up the drawbridge because you're not getting into our castle. Yeah, I mean, you look at the numbers, the last three second halves against the Rams on the road, 58 yards in the second half, about 2.3 per play against the Chargers, 52 yards, 2.7 per play against the Cardinals, uh, 132 yards in the second half. A lot of them coming on that last drive where they got all the way to the doorstep of the end zone before Samuel Womack's first career interception, four yards per play for the Cardinals in the second half in that game. All in all, their last three second halves. So a game and a half, six quarters, 
242 yards, 3.1 yards per play, and zero points allowed. I mean, that is just utter domination. And I know Nick Bosa said after the game, the altitude is real. We were feeling it. This was really tough, but it didn't look that difficult. Again, the Cardinals were able to move the ball a bit in the second half, but again, still zero points. They absolutely limited uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who was just the go-to receiver, especially when Rondale Moore went down early. Um, in the game, Hopkins, nine catches for 91 yards. He had seven catches for 77 yards in the first half. So in the second half, when the Cardinals were throwing the ball and everyone knew they were throwing the ball, Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the game, and Colt McCoy's favorite target by a mile, two catches, 14 yards. The Niners shut down DeAndre Hopkins in the second half, and that's probably the biggest reason why they were unable to score any points against the Niners in Mexico City in quarters three and four. Yeah, no, it's, uh, look, they are a one-man band on offense with Kyler Murray out. Uh, I know they, I know James Conner is a pretty serviceable running back, but uh, you're, you're not going to move the ball well against that 49ers front and Colt McCoy. I, I thought also a lot of the plays in the first half that that Nuke did make play, uh, make catches on were, were kind of go get them balls. Like he, Colt McCoy basically just would would throw up kind of a, a back shoulder fade and in cutting route, and Hopkins would have to go make a play. <laughs> Considering like, their options, probably a pretty good call. I mean, yeah, that's that's all that I would do. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, you see you see the you see the guy with uh, the dreadlocks there on the outside. Yeah, put that ball up in the air and see if he can make a play. That's th- that was basically the game plan. Um, you mentioned Nick Bosa. He's now got ten and a half sacks this season. He to me is just about as close to DPOY as possible. Um, I know there are other guys out there that certainly have a case, most notably Micah Parsons and Dallas, especially with what they did, what they did on defense uh, to a Minnesota Vikings team that Mark believes is a complete fraud. But, uh, but Nick Bosa is, is maybe also playing his best football. I, it's, it's so weird to think about just because of how great he was his, his rookie season but he's still extremely young, and it seems like he still has maybe even another level uh, to take it to just because w- when he gets time, Mark, it's, it's not if but when. Like He's going to get to the quarterback, and if they get the ball out and throw it away, great. But at some point, he is going to hit the quarterback. He is going to bring the quarterback down, and it also seems like he's, he's kind of setting up these sacks for prime positions for this defense to take advantage of, um, you know, whether it's, it's early in a down on third down, he'll just blow up plays. And it's like, I, I kind of feel bad for opposing offenses. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. He's the first 49er in a decade to have back-to-back double digit sack seasons. Alden Smith did it uh, in 2011 and 2012. Before that, Chris Dolman, Charles Haley and going back to earlier in the 80s, Dwayne Board. So Nick Bosa, uh, only the fifth 49er to have double digit sack seasons in consecutive years. Uh, You mentioned the Minnesota Vikings. I have to just get this out. You mentioned I think they're a fraud. I was talking about it really all game yesterday. Uh, After this 49ers performance, after what we saw from the Vikings, I am ready to say, mark this down. Maybe it'll prove me to be an idiot in in a few uh, number of weeks. The San Francisco 49ers will end up as the number two seed in the NFC. The Minnesota Vikings are fraudulent. They're now eight and two. I get it. They're two games ahead of the 49ers. So a lot of ground to make up. 
They have a negative point differential, believe it or not. That entire NFC North has a negative point differential. That division is absolutely disgustingly bad. The second best team is the Detroit Lions. So that's all you need to say about that division right now. Minnesota at eight and two, they've won so many close games. They're probably closer to a 500 team than they are an eight and two team. They're still quality. They're still the best team in that division. It's probably not all that close, but it's an extremely weak division. They don't have a terribly tough schedule coming up. They play the uh, Patriots and the Jets and the Lions and the Colts and the Giants and the Packers and the Bears to wrap things up. But I'm telling you, the 49ers, they are far and away better than the Vikings team, and they will finish as the number two seed in the NFC ahead of the Minnesota Vikings, and they will get to host multiple playoff games when that time does come. Well, that is certainly a uh... – I don't know if it's necessarily a hot take. I mean, if Minnesota falls off a cliff, I, I could see that happening. Um, the 49ers right now are in technically in third place in the NFC uh, just because, uh, ooh, I mean, Tampa right now, five and five. <laughs> Philly's got the top spot, so that puts Dallas and New York, who have better records than the Niners, in the wild card positions. Um, so yeah, so they're two games back, but they, they are similar in their sort of – um, their victories this season both have taken advantage. I know, I know you you talked you talked about the NFC North being disgusting. Um, the NFC West is is still got a big question mark surrounding it. I know that Seattle is the second team there that is six and four, and so that automatically just like by process of elimination makes it, it, it a better division than the North. But from what we saw last night with the Cardinals, uh, who are pretty putrid along with the Los Angeles Rams, who might as well just throw up the white flag and, and go home for the season. Uh, th- this is also not a great division that the 49ers are now 4-0 and in. So they have taken advantage of how bad the division has been this year. Their one win against Seattle looks good, although I believe it was a different Seahawks team. Meanwhile, the Vikings, 3-0 and in their, their division, 6-2 and in conference. The Niners are also good against NFC teams five and two in conference. So I guess one and two outside of the division. Um, there's still some questions there, but like this is, I think going to be the battle. I mean, the NFC is wide open and even Philadelphia, you barely sneak by the Indianapolis Colts this weekend are a team that is three games ahead of you. That's a lot of ground to cover at this point in the year. But then again, if, you know, they lose Dallas Goddard. How does that affect their offense? Does Jalen Hurts regress? He's kind of a young quarterback. Minnesota Vikings have a, a team that um, has has a lot of holes, has a lot of question marks. To me, the 49ers project to be kind of the, the safest team, I think, right now, just because of how they are trending. And they've already sort of, they've gone through kind of the, I, I don't want to say that the midseason woes, but a lot of times we see teams have to overcome injuries, have to overcome, um, you know, kind of sputtering downturns like the Niners in a way got that out of the way at the beginning of the season, obviously losing the starting quarterback, which might have been addition by subtraction. But you also get, you know, Trent Williams, who goes down, then comes back. You're going to get Armstead back. You're going to get Javon Kinlaw back, hopefully at some point. Um, the injuries that that you did sustain earlier this year are now back and replenishing your offense and defense. So right now, the Niners, to me, if if you looked around the rest of the NFC and went to every single city, I guarantee that they would all say that the Niners are the most dangerous team in the NFC right now because of how they've looked specifically the last three weeks. 
The Jacksonville Jaguars have a better point differential than the Minnesota Vikings. The Jacksonville Jag. I know, I know, point differential isn't anything, and I'm cherry picking here, but still, that is that is crazy. The Jaguars are three and seven, and uh, they have a positive point differential. The Minnesota Vikings are eight and two, and believe it or not, they have a negative point differential. A lot of that is because of their most recent game, of course, against the uh, Cowboys, where they got absolutely dominated. Um, you mentioned the Niners' success in the NFC West. It hasn't only just been winning all four games. They've won all four by at least 15 points. It has been complete and utter domination. Uh, and, and per ESPN stats and info, the 49ers are the sixth team since the 1970 merger to win their first four division games by at least 15 points. And the first since the famous 2007 New England Patriots. So an impressive start to division play for the 49ers. If they want to win the division, they're going to need to keep that up specifically against the Seattle Seahawks. They only have two division games left, one more against Arizona and one more against Seattle. So it's certainly uh, looking good for the 49ers and their prospects in the NFC West. And if this game uh, in Mexico City is any indication when they are the, the best team in the NFC West and it's, you know, Arizona isn't a world beater by any standards. And, you know, they're playing without their starting quarterback. They have injuries on offense. Rondale Moore played a drive and then was out. Uh, Hollywood Brown, one of their other receivers, is still out. He hasn't returned yet. Zach Ertz, this was his first game out. A lot of injuries there. So this also wasn't the full Arizona Cardinals. But as you're talking about, you know, everyone at home watching this Monday night game, you can kind of feel the thought around the NFC in general is like, oh man, we, we do not want to play the 49ers in the playoffs, considering what they just did in, in that Monday night game against Arizona. They look really, really impressive. And whether or not my my take comes true, the Niners are the two seed or the three seed or, or anywhere else, um, I don't think anyone home or away is, is going to want to play this 49er team because we saw what they're capable of at near their best. Uh, last night in Mexico City, and it is uh, very, very impressive. I mean, I think at this point, if, if you were to handicap all potential playoff matchups, maybe the only team that's favored over the 49ers is Philadelphia, and a big part of that is probably because it would be in Philadelphia. I think everyone, everywhere else against anyone else, the 49ers are the favorites, and maybe that's a conversation for a later episode. But I think that's how the rest of the league feels about San Francisco right now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, and, and we can definitely dive into that on Wednesday, so make sure to look out for the 415ers podcast coming at you 24 hours from now, uh, as well as the one right here. You can download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate it, as always, as that is all the time that we have. Uh, thank you very much, Mark. Appreciate, of course, the 49ers uh, just kicking the Cardinals' ass so we can come on here <laughs> and talk all about that uh, the 38-10 to 10 matchup. And the win for the 49ers that puts them in first place, in third place in the NFC. Um, Mark, appreciate you, good sir. And we'll talk to you next time. Sounds good. Looking forward to it, Evan. All right, guys. Yep. Yeah.